This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. There you will find pillows and stools featuring your favorite sports teams. Also, you will see sets with your kids' favorite cartoon or movie characters. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com, find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage, and place your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. Hey, everyone in! Let's go! Huddle up on three! One, two, three! Huddle Huddle up. up! No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. be calling this the save the words that dc fans have been waiting to hear since 1974 the washington capitals are the 2018 stanley cup champions Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Jim, Dave, and Sean. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Hello, and welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, live here on Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 24th, 2018. Hard to believe it is the last show in the month of October uh, pretty crazy. Actually, no. Is there a 31 in, November, in October? Tell you what, that's how crazy the last few weeks have been, folks. We will close out the month of October next week. We have uh, tons to talk about this week, including is Urban Meyer on his way out? We'll gaze into the crystal ball and bad NFL all the way around. But uh, first, make sure you are following us and liking us on all of our social media. That is over, uh, of course, here on our Facebook page. Make sure you like the page. <clears throat> Also over on our Twitter page, at Huddle Up Podcast. I am on Twitter, at Big Jim Sports. Dave is at Huddle Up Dave. So make sure you are following along with us there. Visit our homepage uh, for our home network, NGSCSports.com, where you'll find tons of uh, articles. Uh, You'll find, of course, the Alicia's Pillows and Things page uh, as the uh, holidays are coming up here. So make sure you check that out uh, while you... uh, you know, are doing your internet browsing and much more. And uh, tell all your friends about us. We'd appreciate that. And also, if you want to go head-to-head with us in the college football pick'em, you can do that by going to tinyurl.com slash huddleuppick'em 
Again, tinyurl.com slash huddleuppick'em. Uh, you won't be able to obviously beat us for the whole year, but uh, you'll be able to beat us maybe week to week. So let's uh, let's get our co-host Dave here on the line. Dave, how are you doing this week, bud? Jim, we're doing okay. Uh, having a wonderful day, but doing okay at the moment. Well, that's good, man. Uh, obviously, we weren't on the air last week. We threw our picks up uh, on the page. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes life gets the better of you. And uh, it was a crazy week last week. We appreciate everyone uh, hanging in with us. We'll try and get Sean in here at some point uh, again throughout the uh, throughout the year. He's got a pretty busy schedule, work schedule of his own. Um, but uh, from time to time, he's going to drop in with us. So, Dave, let's go to this past weekend. And uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes fell to the Purdue, Purdue Boilermakers uh, at Purdue at night. Uh, pretty wild environment out there. But, uh, you know, it was obviously for a guy who's a fan of a team who's fighting uh, for, a, for a playoff spot and um, is, uh, is, is, was in the top five going into last week. But idle, uh, it was great to see a, a team fall, uh, especially one that, uh, you know, had a little bit of scandal earlier this year, regardless of what you may think of that scandal. Uh, and if you want to discuss anything with us while we're on the air here, you can do that. Um, you know, leave some comments in the live video, like, and share the video, get as many people in. You can also call in and talk to us. That is 401-347-0613. I use pin 29312 when, uh, when calling in, you can also find those, uh, that number on our social media post for the show. But Dave, um, you know, looking at the Ohio state Buckeyes, to me, th- this just kind of felt like something that I don't necessarily want to use the word karma, but it was a a game, a situation, a loss that uh, I think many people outside of Columbus um, felt pretty happy that that the team fell and maybe was kind of something that was deserved or, or, or it was a little while coming. They kind of played with fire throughout the year and, uh, and it kind of caught up to them on Saturday night. Yeah, Jim, I agree. I mean, it, it was uh, kind of shocking that Purdue won a big game. I don't know if they've done that since Drew Brees has been there, but uh, I, I, there's a lot of people that had uh, absolutely no objections to it in the, the college football world, given everything that uh, happened in that university recently. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, the, the after effect uh, of the loss – uh, for Ohio State, uh, a lot of things coming out in the past few days, and some of them, of course, may be played up by uh, the person who writes the article or, or shares the report. But uh, there's a lot of buzz now that um, you know there's there's a lot of infighting between Ohio State and the athletic department, or excuse me, Urban Meyer and the athletic department at Ohio State, or uh, that you know you, they're in a situation. I think we might have lost Dave and are uh, bringing him back in here. All right, we got you back, Dave. Yep, I'm back. Sorry about that. All right, no problem at all. I'll try to uh, I'll try and watch the screen a little better. But you know, it's it's the the reports kind of coming out now of uh, of Urban Meyer possibly being a little bit on the outs anyway with the athletic department and and if when you look back at his time at Florida and kind of the progression of of from when he got there to the success. To kind of the fallout and the and the, the whole thing kind of fell apart. This has a similar feel to it, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, you know drama for for lack of a better word, 
uh, with with some you know kind of scandal situations and things like that. And and now you're in a situation where you're looking at a team that had a, had an ugly loss. They've been playing with fire. Urban looks frustrated, tired. Um, I don't know, maybe a little lackadaisical. I don't know uh, what what all the best words to describe it are. But you're you're looking at a, a school that does not feel like the Ohio State that we've seen time and time again. It, like I, I don't know for sure if, if Urban Meyer's on the outs, but it, it it definitely I would say Ohio State has a different feel to it right now than than it has in a while. Yeah, it's got an, it's definitely got an interesting feel, Jim. But I mean, it'll be very uh, intriguing, or uh, I guess maybe the better terminology. I'm very intrigued to see what Ohio State does. Um, I mean, ultimately, you have whether whether or not you like Urban as a human being, and I think he's a scumbag. <laughs> but um, whether or not you like him, um, his job as the head football coach um, is to win games, and he's damn good at his job. Um, whether they're done legally, ethically, or not. Um, his job is to win games. And, I mean, ultimately, you got to look at Ohio State that wants to continue to be one of the big-name big football programs. And, and the issue is if you don't retain Urban, you're not only hurting yourself because you're likely not getting as quality of a coach in return, but one of your competitors is going to get an absolute top-tier coach here too. So it's kind of a double-edged sword to some effect. Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, uh, and, and his name is slipping my, my mind here, but the, uh, the the guy who took over uh, during the suspension, um, you know, many people feel like uh, would kind of be the the heir to the throne if, if, if something does happen to Urban Meyer. But you bring up a great point, is that Urban Meyer, most likely, uh, you know, I, I, I can't totally, uh, you know, foresee the future, but I, I don't see this being the uh, the end of the line for Urban Meyer like he's going to coach somewhere uh you know and there, there's some big name programs that are struggling there's a team on the west coast USC being one of them um that uh is not living up to their typical standards so there's there's definitely um something there that can if you it, imagine can you imagine if Urban and Chip Kelly are in, are, are at Cal and, and USC respectively hell. what that would do to west coast football that that'd be nuts. Uh, I, I I know that I don't want to see Urban Meyer on a sideline opposed to the Irish every season. Uh, I do know. I do know that. Now, Scotty, um, we we are going to touch on the Raiders and John Gruden. Uh, we had it. We had another um, listener question uh, earlier on when we when we transitioned over to the NFL. Um, we will get to that. So uh, make sure you uh, you tune in for for it. Um, yeah, Dave, you hit the nail right on the head there that, that you know, Urban's going to go somewhere. So Ohio State is going to do everything they can to make sure that Urban is happy and, and Urban wants to stay there and, and ultimately retire there. I mean, you know, you know, obviously Nick Saban has not struggled um, in Alabama, but, um, you know, Alabama is probably want, wants Nick Saban to retire there. Ohio State probably wants the same um, with Urban Meyer. Dave, um, a question that like started going around in my head because we've seen over the past few weeks um, tons of upsets, especially in the top ten, and we've seen top ten teams fall. And we're you know we're 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 right here at the, the at the end of October. The, this weekend's games are the last in the month of October. There's only a handful of games or less uh, for every team in college football, so. Um, besides Alabama, because let's let's 
we're, we're probably pretty sure at this point that uh, Alabama is going to win out and be undefeated and win the SEC and be into the uh, into the into the college football playoff. So, um, so before before you finish your question, can I just throw out something ridiculous about Alabama? Sure. The, the look ahead line for them next weekend, I believe it is versus LSU in what I believe is at LSU, and I could be wrong about that. They are fourteen point favorites on the road at LSU. Let that one sink in. That's that's unreal. That's unreal. <laughs> like let's be let's be totally honest about that. That that's pretty absurd. Um, but uh, Scotty Scotty's an LSU guy. He said that uh, LSU is going to win next week. Obviously, that'll be a game that we're going to going to talk about next Wednesday night. Um, but Dave, is there a team? In the top ten, and and I'll and I'll run down the ones besides Alabama in order: uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, LSU, Michigan, Texas, Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida, and UCF. Is which out of those nine um, is most likely to finish without a single loss or without another loss? So from here on out, which one of them in, to you is going to go through? and uh, win out the rest of the way? I mean, I I don't know that they're the, the best team, but, I mean, you got to put Georgia up there because they got potential. I mean, if they somehow get lucky in the, the SEC title game, they have potential. I mean, uh, Michigan has a fairly easy pass, um, aside from that uh, Ohio State game lingering. Um, but the Big Ten title game should be fairly easy. I mean, uh undefeated, uh, what are they, UCF down there has a chance. I don't think they're very good, but they have a chance at running the table. I don't think they have enough wins to get in. Um, Texas has a chance. Uh, they'd have to beat Oklahoma a second time in the title game. That's probably not going to happen. Um, so, I, I mean, Clemson probably is your, your ultimate uh, best answer on that, just pure um, strength of schedule against them. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I would like to see this Michigan defense against uh Alabama just to see what happens yeah that that game in and of itself uh you know it would could be pretty fun to watch um and 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 see you know because at this point and then again we're gonna find out in uh but what 10 days um what what the Alabama offense against a uh real competitive defense uh can look like so um you know but but Alabama's offense versus Michigan defense and and, and vice versa uh, could be a lot of fun. Um, I, I think UCF is going to go through this this bout, uh, the, the the rest of the schedule uh, undefeated. Uh, but again, I, I, I'm with you, Dave. I don't think they're nearly as good as they were a year ago. Um, but they they don't they don't play anybody. And and um, not to to revisit and, and, and rehash all the old stuff. But th- that's why, at least in the current format, they're, they're not getting in, folks. So you can get mad. The UCF fans can get mad at me all all you want, but. Um, it's a matter of fact, like a one loss, uh, Michigan team or, or, an, you know, an undefeated or, you know, an undefeated Notre Dame team or a Texas team at this point, a Georgia team, all of those are going to get in over an undefeated UCF and th- there should be no apology by college football for it. Because when you're talking about four teams, it's just, it's, it's pretty much scientific. Um, but so UCF gets through clean. And you know who's not getting in, as correctly predicted in the uh, opening show by both you and I, a Pac-12 team. That's all. 
Yeah, yeah. That that you you want to talk about a conference that uh, is is overrated to a T. That that's the Pac-12. Um, you know, they, they, you can't even get a team to to go through its own conference uh, unscathed, more or less, when you get into some real football. Um, but uh, Dave, I, I'm I'm going to make a prediction here, and uh, you, you can make the joke all you want, and I'll tee it up for you, and even make a pause. Um, I think Michigan gets through unclean, uh, unscathed from here on out. I was setting you up. I was. I, I, sorry, you're you're on mute there. Um, right, hold on. Let, would, hold uh, on. Let's 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 try that again. Michigan gets through unscathed. I'm not worried about that. You predicted them to win the Big Ten at the end of, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, so I know how your pick history is. So, sorry, uh, Captain Khaki. Um, but. Uh, you know, obviously, I want to want to you know tip the hat to my Irish, but there's you know over the history of time, they've uh, they've disappointed me enough to uh, you know for me to know better. Uh, let's see, let's c- catch up on some of the um, comments here. Scott says Bama could lose if to Auburn. No, sorry, Scotty, Alabama is not going to lose to Auburn. I don't care if it's a rivalry game. Alabama already scored its first three touchdowns in that game. Uh, I think just about 10 minutes ago and they might win by 60. Um, <laughs> do the Irish get in if they lose a game out of curiosity? No, no. And they shouldn't because honestly, you know, they, they've played the best part of their schedule already. Um, you know, uh, I mean, they have some challenging games on the schedule, but, <laughs> but I mean, in, in, in all reality, they, they should probably be, you know, a 10 or 12 point favorite or better in, in every game from here on out. I think they're, if, if I, if I saw it correctly, they're like 23 and a half point favorites against Navy, which the game, if, if, if that, that's not one of our picks, but if you're, if you're betting on this game, um, take Navy with, with the points there because it's, it's never going to be that big of a blowout. <laughs> like it just, it just isn't. Um, so you know, it's just, yeah, there's no way, absolutely no way. And, and, and I'll be the first one, you know, to, to admit that Notre Dame has to go in most seasons, I think has to go undefeated because they don't have the, the conference title game, but especially this year, the schedule did not, uh, pan out to be quite as challenging as it looked from the beginning. Like Florida state was supposed to be your big November game. And I think your biggest November game is probably either uh, Syracuse or Northwestern. So yeah, they, they can't get in with a loss. Syracuse is very sneaky this year. They they are like I mean that that game worries me and like I, they I guess they just announced either yesterday or the day before that the the Northwestern game and I wasn't shocked when it was announced because it was one of those like kickoff times to be determined. Um, but uh, that's n- next week and it's a night game, so you know you're going into Northwestern at night. Goofy things can happen out there. Um, it just seems to be one of those places that. Um, and I don't think Notre Dame's played there since like '92, so it's just, it's just I don't know. I just I, I felt uneasy about that one since I saw it on the schedule, and uh, the Syracuse one is uh, is at Yankee Stadium, so uh, you're going to have a lot of Syracuse people people there, and and that team can absolutely um, you know pull an upset. They've done it. They've done it before. They've done it in years past. So I'm actually happier it's not at the Carrier Dome because I think that's a more dangerous uh, place to play. But yeah, I mean, there's there's challenging games, but yeah, definitely definitely have to win out. No no doubt about that. Um, so, but I, I I if I 
in my incoherent ramblings, um, I, I would also agree with you. Clemson's probably um, the safest bet, um, at least to in terms of playoff teams, uh, to get through uh, unscathed. Oh, no, I said Michigan. So who, who's your Who's your top four today? Is today is the uh, the announcement of the first college football playoff game. I'll give you number one. It's Alabama. <laughs> but who is two, three, and four? Um, uh, I would probably. Like, are, are we? talking sitting here right now or are we looking ahead to the end of the season yes <laughs> okay um I, I think sit right here I, I think the four teams that that will be in the playoff are Alabama Clemson Notre Dame Michigan I think those are your four in that order in that order so I think as a college football fan I think that those would be two hell of games yeah. Um, the if Notre Dame gets Alabama, watch out. I will be watching that game with you. No, I no, you will not. You. No, you will not. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, Clemson, Michigan would just be a massacre in Michigan's favor because Clemson couldn't do anything, and that would be like a a seventeen to three game type of thing. Right. Um. But the the thing that's going to be interesting is this whole. Um, college football landscape fizzles out, whatever you want to call it, is does the one-loss Big 12 team get in? Does um, Georgia most likely upset Alabama in the title game, assuming that Alabama wins out? And what happens in the Big 10? Because there's some serious potential for some craziness there in the standings yeah i mean the because because right now i believe wisconsin is on top of their division correct and then um they are because uh because they beat iowa but uh just for perfect example both of those both iowa and wisconsin have games in happy valley the end of this year something tells me that penn state somehow wins one of those two games and that control, I mean, Penn State really controls the Big Ten as far as what's going to happen on the Western side. Um, well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, obviously, Penn State has to win out. Um, but I, I think, you know, Michigan out of, out of, you know, the big three. No, 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 no. Penn State controls what happens on the Western. Oh, okay. The I got big you. Ten. I got you. They're, they're, they're toast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got you. I see what you're saying because it depends what happens with with Wisconsin and uh, and I I I, all right, I follow now. I, I misinterpreted there for a second. Yeah. No. Yeah. That, that's a that's a solid point. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll find out one of those games this weekend, which we'll we'll talk about here in just a minute. But um. Yeah. There's there's a lot of intrigue. You know, with the uh, with the with the Big Ten, and and obviously right now, um, something that I think going into this season, I don't think a lot of people uh, would have expected is is Michigan is in the driver's seat. Michigan controls its own fate. Um, you know, it's 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 a you know kind of win and you're in sort of a deal. And and I and we've talked about in the past, whoever comes out of that division um, is is probably gonna probably gonna win the Big Ten because it is. The stack side, it is the better side. Uh, we've seen what Wisconsin does or can't do, um, you know, when they when they play the best competition. So, um, you know, and, and even Iowa, like they, they, they're not 
They're not great teams. They're pretty good teams. Um, so, you know, it, it, you might as well circle that, that Saturday in uh, Columbus after Thanksgiving, you know, high noon on, uh, you know, in Columbus, because that, that that's pretty much what it's going to come down to, uh, barring a collapse by, by either one of those teams. I agree with you 100%, but, I mean, you know, you and I like to, to play on chaos here. What happens if Iowa beats Michigan or Ohio State in the uh, in the title game? I mean, um, I don't know that the Big Ten, Big Ten gets a team in if something like that happens. Yeah, I oof, yeah, I mean. I mean, does whoever not – I mean, because Michigan or Ohio State would have two – both of them are going to – if one of them loses in the title game, the other one lost to them, which means they're both going to have two losses. I don't think the Big Ten gets a team in. And, um, but then the other thing is if the, for all this to happen, Iowa or Wisconsin has to win out, and they're a one-loss team. Did they get in? Um, I, I still don't think they do. I, I really don't. Because, like, you know, and, and again, this is looking at what the top 25 is saying, uh, you know, on the 24th of October. But – you know, I see, you know, four SEC teams currently in the in the top ten. There's two Big Twelve teams, um, and 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 only one Big Ten team. So, um, if Michigan or Ohio State, whoever's in the Big Ten title game from from that side of it, um, whichever one of those teams, if they if they lose to whatever opponent they're facing, Iowa, Wisconsin. Or whomever, I I don't I don't think that, you know, even even if you know those teams win out, you know, I I just I don't I don't know that they're going to be high enough to to get in over, um, you know, if Clemson goes undefeated the rest of the way, um, either Alabama or LSU, or whoever wins the SEC, if no, you know, and then again, it, it's all dependent on on everything else. So if Notre Dame wins out, you know, they're in. If Clemson wins out, they're in. You know, if Clemson loses, if Notre Dame loses one of these games, um, you know, and, and if all of these start to, if all these cookies start to crumble, you know, one of Texas and Oklahoma, they're going to be out of the way. You know, is that is is chaos the door for UCF to get in? Should an undefeated UCF team get in over a one or two lost Big Ten team or or what have you? I mean, the the for for anyone that's not a fan of those these nine teams or or 10 if you're putting Alabama there that we we we've named here in the in the scenarios you know you're you're kind of probably hoping for chaos you're probably cheering on the little guy you know KUCF in there or maybe you're one of those like 11 12 13 ranked teams that uh are are kind of praying for chaos near the top and if the month of October was anything uh, you know any sort of preview um this whole thing is going to be chaotic because it seemed like every every week Dave seemed to be one of those, uh, you know, college football upset Saturdays. So it's it's just we, 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 there's been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of wild things that have happened um, throughout this uh, throughout this season. And you know, not trying to be Nostradamus here, but but I'm pretty sure we're not done with the craziness. I just can't see UCF getting in because if they get in, they have to be the four seed and Alabama is going to be favored by 35 over them. I mean, they have no chance 
at I, beating Alabama. I, and how well, do you how do you put? I just I mean I'm all for underdogs in years, but the, you know the argument I made last year on on this. But I mean you can't put a team in that's going to get absolutely slaughtered. I mean this would be worse than the last time Notre Dame Alabama played. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think the only way, and I'm and I'm not again I'm not trying to be like the asshole towards UCF, but I'll be the asshole towards UCF. I think the only way they get in is if Alabama loses and a lot of other things happen. But because I agree with you, like as of right now, the you know the the four team playoff, it, it's a it's a television program. It's a, it's an entertainment program. It's designed to try and captivate people around New Year's Eve weekend. And if you're if you tune into a game and Alabama scores four touchdowns before the national anthem's over, um, that's not good TV. And is it fair to UCF? No. But is it reality? Yes. Like and and you know I'm not trying to be harsh about it, but that's that's kind of just how my brain works. Is like. Yeah, I'm with you. Like you can't, you can't put a team in that is going to get slaughtered. You, it's it's not it's not good for college football. It's not good for TV. It's just it's it's not a good thing. Um, but Dave, let's uh let let's get to these picks so that we can uh get to our NFL discussions. And we had a listener question, actually two listener questions about the Raiders. Um, so let's go to it Saturday at three thirty on CBS. This game actually in Jacksonville. Um, and is the site of college game day this weekend. Number nine, Florida, coming in at six and one versus number seven, Georgia, who is also six and one. Georgia is a six and a half point favorite in this one. Your over under mark is at 52. Um, you know, Florida obviously is, has put quite the season together here. Um, you know, a- after an, an early season loss, really starting to climb up, really starting to make a name for themselves. Um, Georgia suffering a loss, um, and I, I think struggling to find their identity a bit. Um, so I'm actually, I actually like Florida in this one. I think it's going to be close. Um, I get the neutral site thing, but you know, you're, you're still in the state of Florida, so it's probably going to feel a little bit like a, like a home field advantage to them. Um, and, and something just tells me that, 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 not that I think they're a national championship contender, but th- there's something about this Gators team, and I think we're going to see it on Saturday. Jim, tell me who Florida lost to, please. Trivia question. I, I honestly don't know. So I figure you know, uh, so you're going to tell me. Could it be Kentucky by chance? Was it? I believe. I believe that sounds right. You just picked a team that lost to Kentucky. Let that one sink in. You're crazy. Georgia lost. Any given Saturday, ago, bro. Any You're given, crazy. Any given Saturday. My, my statement. My statement still stands. You're crazy. <laughs> Georgia. Georgia lost two Saturdays ago. I believe they were off last week. This loss is sitting there and just eating them alive. They're going to come out completely focused and dismantle Florida. Um, Georgia by double digits. Dang. Mail it in. All right, and we were we were talking about this one just a few minutes ago. Number eighteen Iowa, who comes in at six and one, at number seventeen Penn State coming in at five and two. This one 
Saturday at 3.30 on ESPN. Penn State is a six-and-a-half point home favorite. Um, this over-under is at 52-and-a-half. Um, you know, this Penn State team is, I, I think, by all accounts, what everyone realistically has expected them to be. Um, I think we've talked about that over the course of the season, that um, they weren't going to be a 12-0 and team. They weren't going to be a, a Big Ten championship team. Uh, I, 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 even though it's an afternoon game, I, I still kind of like the home field here. If this was if this one was in Iowa, I would take Iowa without question. Um, I like Penn State here. I don't like the six and a half. Um, so I'd take Iowa with the points. Penn State outright, and um, I'm going to go under under fifty two and a half. I'm going to go with the under. Um, I do not have any idea what to expect in this game. I mean, I've watched every minute of every Penn State game so far this year. Um, Penn State cannot stop the run. Penn State has trouble running the ball. Penn State is very young. Penn State has a knucklehead for a coach that has no clue about game management. Um, He almost cost them the game in Indiana this past weekend. He probably should have, but it was Indiana, so they're inept, so (laughs) got away with it. Um, I think this Iowa team is big and physical. um, That could could pose a ton of trouble to Penn State. Um, I definitely agree with you on uh, Iowa plus the six in the hook. Um, but I just, I'm kind of like you. I think Penn State somehow finds a way to win this game. However, um, part of me would love to see Iowa win this game and then see what the drama is like up at Happy Valley for Penn State, Wisconsin. Um, let's just, a little, uh, hypothetical here. If if Penn State you know loses this game, loses to Wisconsin, um, you know finishes the year out at uh, at at eight and four, loses the bowl game, is 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 Franklin in jeopardy at all, or are they take into account um, the young team and all that? I don't think he's in jeopardy, but I think his seat gets a little toastier, if that makes sense. I think yeah. um, the best thing that Franklin could do, he is a phenomenal recruiter mm-hmm. um but just has no clue on play calling i mean they were on the road in indiana with iowa on deck and they got the ball back with like i don't know it was like two three four minutes left and franklin calls three passes and <laughs> two of them were incomplete yeah so iowa i mean you if you don't get the first down and you have to punt the ball that's fine you burn their time out there in indiana but this is not a this has nothing to do with winning by two touchdowns now and running the score up this is pure get the win and move on. You're not going to a big bowl game. Yeah. And he just has no, like it's simple game management stuff. I mean, the, the coaching you could argue, argue led to costing them the Ohio state game too. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think, um, you know, if, if the rest of this season plays out in unfortunate fashion, ugly fashion, whatever, uh, not great uh, adjective we want to use to describe it. I think the best thing that, that Penn State might want to do or could do is kind of what Notre Dame, I think, kind of forced Brian Kelly's hand into um, not calling the plays anymore and kind of leaving that up to your assistants and, and kind of taking that ball away from and say, you know, just be just be a coach. But, you know, you don't don't have don't worry about having to make those uh, tough in game decisions, you know, be part of the whole um, part of the whole scenario, but but not 
be the direct uh, play caller, which uh, has, has worked out well for the Irish, but uh, we'll see it uh, play out uh, in Happy Valley the rest of the way. All right, Dave, one more college game here. It is number 13, Washington State at 6-1, and one, and I believe they're the highest-ranked Pac-12 team, which tells you all you need to know about the Pac-12. 6-1, and one, number 13, Washington State at number 24, Stanford, who's 5-2. and two. This one is Saturday at 7 p.m. for the few folks across the country that have the Pac-12 network. Um, the uh, Stanford is a three-point home favorite, the over-under of 55. Um, Washington State here, Stanford... Um, you know, and, and talking about seats that that are getting hot, um, David Shaw's seat in, in at Stanford might be one that uh, is getting warmer each and every week. Here, uh, will be interesting to see how that scenario plays itself out. Uh, Washington State here, a huge win last week. Um, so obviously, you know, they're, 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 you know the the three point favorite for Stanford doesn't come into play. Uh, I, I'm gonna go with under. I, I I just don't – Stanford's offense is not clicking. Bryce Love has uh, unfortunately been, been riddled by injury again this year. Um, a pretty unfortunate two seasons for him. Uh, so Washington State wins outright and uh, the under. Stanford in the over. Contrarian, baby. <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, Stanford's going to get this win with the Pac-12 officials to try and uh, boost Oregon a little bit uh, – make that schedule a little bit uh, tougher on them. I know that uh, they probably should have – Oregon has potential. They could be undefeated right now. Um, but they had that blemish, of course. So uh, we'll see what uh, what comes of it. But uh, Stanford, for some reason, just because you picked uh, Washington State. All right, perfect. All right, let's go to the NFL here. And, again, uh, like and share the video if you're following along with us live. For some reason, Scotty, I can't find your, uh, your, your Raiders question. But we had a listener question on the post yesterday. This one was from Austin. Um, is John Gruden setting up a master plan to rebuild the winning team that Oakland once was? Um, obviously, this you know before the season you trade Khalil Mack, which is still one of the most baffling trades um, in, in probably in the history of the NFL. Uh, just yesterday, then trading uh, wide receiver Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys for a first round pick. Um, so, what do you what do you think of that trade, Jim? I, I want to hear your, your your gut opinion as a Cowboys fan. Uh, if you if you would have talked to me yesterday, I would have been a lot more angry about it. Um, but as as things started to play out and as information came out, I guess the Eagles uh, had offered the Raiders a second round pick um, for Amari Cooper, and and there was potential that the Redskins um, were going to get into some some discussions because of some injuries to their wide receivers. So I think you're in a situation where Dallas needs something to jolt their offense. Their receiving core is not playing out very good this year at all. Um, Michael Gallup finally starting to uh, to get caught up, but he's he's a rookie, so you know he's going to take a little time. Um, Alan Hearns is not a number one receiver, and the Dallas wanted him to be. Cole Beasley would be great if he was not four foot seven. Uh, so Dallas needed something. They needed a be- a better receiver for Dak Prescott to o- overthrow or underthrow. So. At the at the heart of it, you know, Amari Cooper's a young guy, tons of talent. Um, I, I just uh, I feel like the Raiders, and not to play the pun, are kind of a black hole right now. There's there's just a lot of trouble out there. Um, so maybe the change of scenery will do them well. And it, it the one thing it did do also is um, it kept a a, a great receiver um, from Philadelphia. It kept a great receiver from Washington. So um, I'm okay with it if it works. 
Uh, I'm not okay with it if it doesn't. So I know that's kind of like a cop-out answer, but that, that's honestly where I'm at with the trade. If it works, then, you know, great. You got you got a potential, like, franchise receiver because of ha- because Cooper is, what, 24? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, years left on him um, if if it pans out. So, yes, you sacrifice what will probably be a fairly high number one pick. But, um, you know, it, it, again, it prevented the Eagles and Redskins from getting better. I think it's very valid. I mean, you, you needed a receiver, but the, the, the point is, it, this is more, to, to me, I see this as more of a defensive move than I do a, a really good long-term move. I mean, this is dead Bryant 2.0. Um, in my eyes, could be uh, again. I don't know what, I, but I mean that could be a positive too if you can keep them under wraps and everything. But sure. I mean that my my bigger thing is, I mean you you likely traded away a top ten draft pick and what's going to be available in the draft is that going to better suit you? And there's probably potential that you're going to be answering yes to that question, and um, it, it's going to be interesting now to really see what Oakland gets in the draft because they're going to have two top ten picks. Yeah, yeah. I, well, actually, they might end up with three because they have three first round picks. Oh, yeah. I guess the Bears aren't, unless the Bears tank. But yeah, you're gonna have two top ten picks, and um, you know, you're gonna have one. My guess is, is, is you know, the the Bears aren't gonna go deep into the playoffs. I mean, there's possible, but my prediction is, I don't think the Bears go deep into the playoffs. So you're gonna be looking, you know, eighteen to twenty two somewhere in there probably for that uh, the Bears pick. So you know, you're gonna have three picks in the in the first two thirds of the first round, which is, is a good thing for a team that's clearly rebuilding. Um, some questions about maybe Derek Carr being on the move. There's some disagreement about that. Um, you know, I, I know Raiders fans are, are frustrated. And by, by all means, I would be too. So I'm not going to sit here and say, don't be mad. Don't be frustrated that your team looks this bad. But they, they, they brought Gruden in for 10 years. Now, I don't know if he gets all 10 years out of this. I really don't. But... Um, I'd say give him more than the first year because that that team, yes, made the playoffs a few years ago, but um, things happen, things change. The the Mac trade is is inexcusable. I'll say that you know it's it's that that's a that's a pretty damn awful trade, and it will probably forever go down as one. But I you know is he going to build the uh, you know is he going to build this team back and win a Super Bowl? It, or, or get to a Super Bowl, I, I I honestly don't know. But, you know, John Gruden does know the game of football. Like, he's still been around the game of football, um, you know, Monday Night Football and all that. So he knows the game. He knows how to coach. Um, patience is is, is, is probably uh, going to be going to need to be your friend here for, for the first couple of years. Yeah, I agree with all you said, and I'm tired of talking about the Raiders. So, Perfect. Um, <laughs> how about we do a recap of the Carolina Panthers storming <laughs> back to beat the beloved Eagles? That sounds like a much better use of time because that was phenomenal. Um, yeah, I mean, the Eagles with a 17-point with a lead going into the fourth quarter and just absolutely squandering it away um, was, was a great – Great start to my Sunday. Of uh, unfortunately, my Cowboys blundered it at four o'clock. But no, Doink. yeah, Doink. oh my god, awful. Um, but you know, Dave. I mean, it was uh, it was a hell of a fourth quarter. It was a hell of a performance uh, by Cam Newton and company. So you know, you, you got to just absolutely give credit. 
Yeah, that's it's why you play four quarters. You, you really, you really um, shows that you know you can't play three and give up on a good team. Um, and and you know even if you've been beaten for the first three, if uh, you know if you can get up off the mat and, and hit back, then you know you still have a chance. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton looked like an NFL quarterback there for a uh, quarter of the game, so it was kind of uh, shocking. I think he had, I could be completely wrong on stats, but I think he had over 200 yards in the fourth quarter, which is just unheard of. Um, I think it was like 260 yards in the fourth quarter, but, I mean, he looked really good, um, but he got protection from the line. It almost looked like, and, and I, was, I was a little confused by it, because, like, the Eagles' offense was on the field a lot the first three quarters, and then, um, I'm sitting there looking at this like, how is this game only 17 nothing? It feels like 35 nothing, and I was obviously getting some shit from some of my Eagles friends, and um, I'm like, you guys better be worried here because this game. Sh- I mean, we score a touchdown here at 17-10, and you know, you guys should really be up three, four, five touchdowns, and it shouldn't even be a game. But the fact that we're still in the game here is some uh, some problems. But uh, I mean, we we came through there and, and won, and I mean the the other pet fact about it is the Eagles drove the ball down the field and had a chance to win the game and and couldn't do it. I mean, you, you fully look at this last year and the Eagles would have won this game last year with how everything fell for them and um, not not doubting anything against Carson Wentz because I think he's a I think he's a true stud and and no doubt about that. But he he does not have much around him. He has the two tight ends, but he doesn't even have a he doesn't even have a wide receiver there or anything. So um, he he's pretty much. Uh, he's on an island for lack of better terms at the moment that that there's no one to get the ball to and the running back core is beat up and depleted. Um, So this this Eagles team should be very happy that they're in a a top tier tough division this year. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, Yeah, man. Side note, who who picked them to go to the Super Bowl? I don't want to talk about it. We're only halfway. Things can change. You know, marathon – isn't one in the, in the, in the first mile. That's all I'm saying. Um, oh, Jim, you got to get to the end of the first mile of the marathon before you can talk like that. Hey man, all I'm saying is I had a plan. Okay. I had a plan. That's all I'm going to say. Um, now well, at least one of your two Super Bowl picks gets to win this week. Cause they play each other. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is what I'll say about the Eagles is, you know, I think you're you're looking at a team that, um, you know, is, is in a situation that um, I don't I don't know that they totally expected and know you know really know how to deal with. Like when Carson Wentz got hurt last year, you know, everybody counted him out and it, it kind of galvanized that locker room. And you know, the, the 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 coaching staff they had nothing to lose. The team had nothing to lose. Like you know, you 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 were basically playing with house money the whole way and you know, they, they, they just, they, they wouldn't be denied. Now you're looking at a situation where all eyes are on you. Uh, Carson Wentz is back. Your, your team is healthy and you start getting banged up from the word go. Um, and, and I, I think they, they're just kind of struggling to find identity a little bit. Like I, I think it, you know, was probably, uh, somewhat expected. Um, uh, so I, I, I'm obviously not going to count them out, but I agree with you. Like last year, without a doubt, first off, they wouldn't have squandered a 17-point lead. But even if they did, they, they on the, when they had that last drive, they wouldn't have fumbled. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have. You know, there was a couple near picks on that drive. So um, 
you know, it was a team that was almost seemed like they were trying to give the game away as opposed to trying to win, which is a, a, a night and day difference from the Eagles we saw last year. Again, they're in a terrible division, and, and that's kind of the transition point. And not only just the NFC East, but the, the NFL as a whole, Dave, this year just seems just just stocked full of, of bad teams and bad football. Like looking over the, the you know the standings, you're talking about the NFC East, four and two, three and four, three and four, one and six uh, are, are the records in the uh, in the NFC East. Ryan Ryan is not a fan of uh, of our of our Eagles comments here uh, right now. He calls us fake news, which is, which is great. Um, Who the Eagles beat this year? Please tell me. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I mean, they beat I know, the I know Falcons that they should have lost. The Giants, which everybody's beating the Giants, and uh, I don't know the I don't know the other one, and I'm not just being an huh. asshole. <laughs> exactly, it's irrelevant. Um, you know, you you have only have six teams in the NFC that are above 500. Um, you have a bunch of teams who are literally you know at at 500, and then there's a few teams at one and six. Um, <laughs> Ryan's giving us the finger; it's great. Um, and then even in the AFC, I mean, half the teams are are over five hundred, but some of those are three, two, and one, four and three. Um, you know, the AFC South is four and three, three and four, three and four, two and five. So very similar to the uh, to the NFC East with just a bad division. Like the, 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 there just seems to be a lot of bad football, and even teams that we thought were going to be really good. I mean, the Patriots are five and two. They, they, at times I, I thought for sure they were going to lose this past Sunday. Um, you know, the, the you know, the Steelers and they're not good tied the Browns. Um, you know, the, the, the Colts we thought were going to be decent this year. Um, you know, at least by all accounts better than they were last year. And, and they, they look to have, you know, very little pulse. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what really is the, is the, the the cause, Dave, of this. But um, <coughs> games have been exciting. But man, th- there's there's a lot of bad teams out there. Yeah, you, you know what I honestly think the cause is, and I mean it's something that the Eagles are going to face next year or the year after. Um, the the salary cap is the cause. I mean, the the te- look at your teams that are really good right now, aside from the uh, AFC Super Bowl rep in the uh, L.A. Chargers. Um, but the, these young teams that have signed these quarterbacks for a couple years, and then what they're doing is they can spend the money elsewhere. But when, when the Eagles are going to have to give Carson this extension, what are they going to do? Because they're going to lose a lot of other money that they're using on linemen and things along those lines right now. I mean, you, you look at the teams with Mahomes and uh, – you look at uh, who else is pretty good right now that I can't think of that has a young quarterback, and and that's really what's helping to propel some of these guys. I mean, you look at I, – I know Houston isn't all that good, but that Watson still, I believe, on his entry-level deal for the rest of this year, and they got a couple of receivers that are going to be owed big money along with J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. So, I mean, I, I think that the salary cap is sneakily playing into this more than uh, people want to buy into – but, uh, I mean, look at the Bears. you got Trubinsky. Uh, the, the Packers, which we'll touch on later, I believe, um, yes. are not that good. No. Um, but they paid all that money to Rodgers, so what do you do? Uh, you got golf out in L.A. that's making a ton of money, or about to be making a ton of money, but still not making that much. And I, I think the salary cap has something to do with it. But you look at where all the big-name 
players are that are, are not making money and they're on the teams that are winning because you can spread that cash around to get help for them. And, um, and I'm all in favor of a salary cap, but you, you have to do it correctly somehow. And there's always going to be a loophole through it and everything. Um, but moral of the story is the Panthers just beat the Eagles. <laughs> they absolutely did. All right, let's go to our uh, big four for this weekend before we close out the show. Um, the first one is actually tomorrow night's game. Uh, the Dolphins four and three at the Texans who are four and three. Uh, this one at eight twenty tomorrow night on Fox and the NFL Network. The Texans are a seven and a half point home favorite with the over under at forty four and a half. Um, I like the Texans at home here. Um, I, I don't know that either team is great, but um, I, I believe on a short week that the the, the Dolphins are still um, going with Brock Osweiler. I don't think Tannehill's back. Uh, you had the unfortunate injury to uh, the wide receiver Wilson, um, so I think it's going to be just a little bit more than uh, the Dolphins can overcome. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to take the Dolphins with the points, though. I don't think the Texans are going to win by uh, by more than uh, seven and a half. And um, it's, it almost seems sad in in today's NFL that at forty four and a half, I'm still going to go with the under. I agree with you on the under, and I, I agree with you taking the Dolphins and the points. And, and this this number just feels like it's a little too low based on the the performances. Doesn't it feel feel like this game should be closer to ten based on the recent weeks? So I mean, I, I think Vegas knows best with the standalone NFL game. So I'll take the Dolphins and the points. Um, but I think Houston wins straight up. So the other thing I want to touch on with this being a Thursday night game is I absolutely love the nine a.m. London games. Can we do away with Thursday night and just get one? East Coast 9 a.m. game every week. That would be awesome. I, I'd actually be more in favor of that than Thursday night because, I mean, I'm also podcasting on Thursday night, so I never see the Thursday night game for starters. But, no, I do like the 9 a.m. game. And, hell, I mean, here's the thing. Um, I, I think it's less than 10 years away that there's going to be a team in London. So we're probably going to get early games, you know, at least half the season. So, just uh, keep your fingers crossed that the uh, that the London expansion happens because I, I honestly do. I, I think that's uh, that's the thing that's on the way. Give me 14 hours of football, baby. Love it. All right, let's go to uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock on CBS. You got the 4-3 and three Ravens who are one-and-a-half point road favorite at your Panthers who are 4-2, and two, the over-under at 43. Uh, th- this one, I think, has is probably one of the more intriguing games of the weekend just because – it's a tale of two pretty damn good defenses. Um, I, I think the, the Panthers' offense is better uh, than the Ravens, but I, I think the Ravens' defense has a slight edge, and I'll say slight. Um, so it, it's going to be – I don't think the Panthers are going to be able to to do what they did last week. I don't think you're going to be able to, to spot the Ravens you know, 17 points or so and expect to make that ground up on the, uh, you know, on the Ravens' defense. So um, – I I like the Panthers at home to come out on top of this one. Uh, they obviously had that big emotional lift last week, um, and and I'm actually going to take the under as well on this one, uh, just because the the quality of the defense is big time. So i i have I have uh, I'm in a giant spread league that you got to pick every week against the spread every game, and. I am perfect on the Panthers so far this year, and I have no clue who to pick in this game. <laughs> um, 
I, I have been so confident on them every game so far this year, and I have absolutely no clue. Um, the Panthers' defense is exploitable. They, they are weak on the corners and the D-backs. Um, the Eagles couldn't exploit that because they don't have receivers. The tight end, the, when we finally moved in the third, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, to putting uh, not Shaq on the, on the uh, tight end, it worked out pretty well. And, and getting them covered by either Davis or, or Luke, it worked out well. Um, Flacco cannot really exploit us too much. Um, however, I'm worried about Willie Sneed because he knows the, the defense and he knows the, yeah, the, where they have point. to be exploited from the, the New Orleans factor. Um, I'm a little leery because New Orleans lost last week, or New Orleans beat Baltimore, and then Carolina won. Um, so you're going to have a little extra motivation on the Ravens' side and a little lackadaisicalness on the Panthers' side. Um, my gut at the moment says that Baltimore wins this game, um, but I also don't Baltimore's, – Baltimore's strength is in their corners and shutting down the receivers – but and their D line is pretty good, but that's gonna. I, I what I can't figure out in this game is what is Run CMC gonna have, and that's that's the key to this whole game. If you think McCafferty has a good game, he's gonna the Panthers win this game. If you think that the Ravens shut down McCafferty, the the Ravens win this game. I mean, literally this this game goes to how how well Christian does and. Um, I cannot. I, I, my gut says that he go, he has a good enough game to keep him in it, but he doesn't have enough to get them over. But um, I'm not super confident in that. And uh, I will have no dimes invested on this game this weekend. I can tell you that much because I, 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 <laughs> I think it's a 10-point game at most either way. But um, I, I gun to my head right now, I, I pick the Ravens. All right. Uh, Ryan uh, is following along with us on the live video. He had the Dolphins in the first one. Uh, and he's posting the emojis. He, so he posted, uh, he has the, the Ravens winning this one, but he had to post a bat and a turkey because he said there's no actual Raven emoji. So uh, bat and turkey uh, win this game. All right, let's go to Sunday at 425 on Fox. The Green Bay Packers at 3-2-1 and one, um, at the 7-0 and Rams. And here's the deal. No matter how ugly this game might end up being, um, this may be the best looking in terms of the uniform matchup, because the Rams have their uh, their blue and yellow throwback, and then the Packers, of course, are the classic look. So uh, uniform-wise, probably the best of the weekend. Uh, the Rams, nine-and-a-half point favorite at home. Uh, Fifty-six-and-a-half is your over-under. Uh, man, nine-and-a-half feels like a big number, but uh, with with I don't, I don't know who the Packers are. One week they look decent. One week they look like a team that has no clue what a football is. And one team, they they look like a team that just scraps its way to a win. Um, but this this Rams team is so good. Um, I mean, it's it's it, it's kind of un, unreal. I mean, we we talked about how bad football there is out there. The Rams are one of those one of the exceptions. I, I jokingly posted on Facebook that um, the NFL should probably just do like the best of seven between the the Rams and the Chiefs, and I had a friend who was a Patriots fan that said the Patriots might argue that. I said, all right, best of five, Chiefs and Pats, and then the winner of that takes a best of seven against uh, against the Rams. And then the just – Don't forget the Chargers in that, sir. Uh, yeah, okay. Whatever you say. Um, what's why, their, why do you hate the Chargers? I, I really want to hear that. They're just not – they're not good. They're not good, Dave. How? How? I don't care that they're five and two. 
Philip Rivers is the perennial choke artist, and he's going to do it again. Even Philip even, Rivers should be in the MVP discussion. Look at his stats this year. That's fine. He'll, he can he can win the regular season MVP. They're going to get to the playoffs, whether they have a buy or not. I don't even care. Um, and they're they're gonna they're gonna lose their first game. They'll lock it up. You I'll can, take that bet right now. You I'll take that bet right lock now. Lock that up. I don't I don't know what we'll discuss terms, but lock that in. They 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 will not win a playoff game. They're not good. I'll take that bet right now. Done. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to this Sunday though. Um, I like the Rams. I like the over. I like the Rams with the points. Give me give me those sweet blue and yellow uniforms all freaking day. Um, Todd Gurley is my everything when it comes to fantasy football as well. Um, it's, 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 he's unbelievable. He he has scored more points than the, than the bills that enough said Rams, Rams, Rams. I agree with you. Rams, Rams, Rams. Um, this Packers team is a dog shit. They lost to the lions. They lost to the Redskins. They almost lost to San Francisco. They should have lost to the Bears week one. Um, this Packers team could realistically have a one win, I believe. So I think they have I think they're three two and one right now. I they could are. be wrong about that. No, they are. I don't even remember the other I don't even remember the other team that they beat. But this Packers team is grossly over overvalued, overinflated, whatever you want to call it, because of Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers has single handedly won this team two games basically. Um, granted, Mason Crosby cost them one against Detroit. Correct. But, but this Packers team is not good. This is probably one of my favorite bets of the weekend is, is laying, laying the points here with the Rams. Um, you, you have one of the best teams in, in the NFL with version Aaron Rodgers, who still doesn't seem to be 100% from that hit uh, the first week of the year and, and his injury last year. Um, I think that the Rams win this by close to 20 I don't even think that this is a freaking game. and um, I, It is Dave's lock of the week that the oh. Rams cover the spread in this. Lock it up, man. Yeah, if, if this is in Green Bay with weather, um, it, it, it might be closer to 10. But, yeah, this, this, one, this one might be over at halftime. I agree. The Rams are just in a class all their own. And then let's go to Sunday night. There's something – there's something in the water in LA. I'm just saying. Well, we've all known that, <laughs> um, but the uh, the five and one Saints going back to the uh, to the the place where uh, the, one of the most memorable plays in playoff history, at least recent history, happened. Um, Saints five and one at Minnesota four two and one. This one, of course, eight twenty p.m. on Sunday night on NBC. This one's a straight pick 'em, Dave. Uh, at least at, at, at my last check, the over under fifty two. Um, yeah, the, the, this this one is tough. You have the uh, Saints coming off the the bye, I believe, um, and uh, Ravens. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Say that again. What's that? Say that thing you just said again. The Saints coming off a bye. No, no, you called me right. I, oh. I just wanted to hear it again. It oh. was music to my ears. Well, I'm I'm so used to not saying it that I forgot that I already said it. Um, so, uh, yeah, th- this one, this one is, is a, is a hard game to pick. Um, you know, Drew Brees is out there doing Br- Drew Brees things, uh, each and every week, continuing to put up crazy touchdown numbers. Um, the Vikings, you know, kind of are, are, I think starting to figure out who they are with Kirk Cousins and, 
um, and, and, and all of that. And their defense is finally starting to come around. And that's, uh, that's the big key uh, with this team. Um, at, at 52, I do like the over, though, because I think there is going to be a good number of points scored here. But I think that ultimately, in the end, the Vikings defense is going to be able to make that one stop um, to, to put them over the top. So I, I, I like the Vikings here to win at home, but, but in a real close one. This is another one that I have absolutely no feel on because I have no sense on what this Vikings team is. I mean, I think we know what this Saints team is. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing that concerns me about the Saints team is there's some, some uh, lingering cornerback issues with them. And is that going to allow um, uh, the, the Vikings wide receivers to really exploit the cornerbacks there? Um, however, I don't think that this Vikings D is all that good this year. I think they're living on a name from last year. I mean, they just allowed 24, I think it was, points to the to the Jets last week and Sam Darnold. I mean, come on. Um, if they allow 24 to the Jets, are they going to allow 48 to the to the Saints here? Um, and I and the the thing about the Jets last week is the Jets were ultra banged up. So um, I, I think a quarter of their team was on the injury report on Friday. So. Um, I am going with the Saints in this, and I am taking the over as well, Jim. Um, however, I am a little disappointed that you didn't mention your Super Bowl matchups as one of our four games this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I tr- I'm trying to forget a lot of the uh, a lot of the things I did in those predictions because a lot of mistakes were made there by me. Uh, so, so yeah, I, 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 I felt it. I felt it okay to to leave it out, leave it out, but uh, Dave, unless you have anything else, just to- a, you know, oh yeah, my Super Bowl prediction. There, there, they, the two teams combined only have two losses, and one of those was because they played each other, and the other was to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I don't know how you ha- how you keep saying that this Chargers team's a fraud. Um, they're clearly clearly better than either of the two teams that you put in the Super Bowl. The, so, Dave, Dave, I'm going to keep they, they saying that go, over and over. They could go. 14 and 2 in the regular season. They're going to lose their first playoff game. That's all I'm saying. They could go 14 and 2. You find a way to take away one of their losses and they can finish 15 and 1. And they're going to lose their first playoff game. So like that you know, regular season fraud whatever, it doesn't matter. Regular season don't matter. They're going to lose their first playoff game and and None of this uh, chest pu- puffing out that the Chargers are doing this year uh, is even going to matter. They're going to lose the first week of the playoffs. What did you have to drink tonight, and where can I get me some? Uh, I'll text you after the show. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let people know where they can follow you, and uh, and then we're going to close this thing up. We're at Huddle Up Dave on Twitter, and uh, we'll be giving Jim shit the rest of the year because the Chargers are legitimate. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next week, bud. Yeah, bro. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. We appreciate you following along. Make sure you are uh, checking in with NGSC Sports. Go over to NGSCSports.com. That is our home network, and their sponsor, Alicia's Pillows and Things. This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out their Facebook page where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anyone can afford. There you will find pillows and stools featuring your favorite sports teams. Also, you'll see sets with your kids' favorite cartoon or movie characters as well. You'll also be able to get full body and neck pillows. Log on to NGSCSports.com, find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage, and then place your order. These make great gifts 
for Christmas at an affordable price. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports on Twitter. Make sure you are subscribed to the show on iTunes, on Android, and you're liking both our Facebook page and Twitter page, which are both at Huddle Up Podcast. Until next week, folks, have a good one. Stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.